0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode where Alan and I sat down and we talked about why, 10 reasons, why love makes you blind. Today, for episode number 409, we are hammering episodes here. We are going to talk about why insecurity creates arrogance
1: in many people. So, what we've realized about the drive to five, and for those of you who don't know what the drive to five is, simple explanation. You've got zero to ten, a scale. Five is obviously the middle. The zeros don't believe they deserve a mentor or are too afraid to get one. The tens don't believe they need one. So, the tens are arrogant. They have a higher inflated view of self than the reality. They, their confidence exceeds their competence. In other words, they think they're better than they really are. The opposite is true for the low end. And so on the zero end, you have people who shell up and don't fully embody their greatness. And then on the other end, you have people who puffer fish and posture up because deep, deep, deep down, both ends of of the spectrum are insecure. And so what Kevin and I have realized is that it's very much human nature to avoid insecurity. Yes, for sure. And to not face it. And so, for example, you know, maybe if Kevin was ever insecure that he was short, maybe he would avoid situations where it would exacerbate him being short instead of facing the truth and, and accepting that. And so if there's ever an arena where you feel like you're puffer fishing or you're posturing or you're trying to kind of pretend you're better than you really are, most likely you're insecure about something. And I think figuring that out is important.
0: Yeah, so the reason it's called what it's called, insecurity creates arrogance. Think of it like this. Alan and I, when we do a speech... We always record our speeches, Jeff and the Wire, uh, and we'll go back and we'll watch them. So the last one we watched together, I don't think we watched Top Notch Live together. I no. think we watched them separately. But we, when we did uh, TMF, or yeah. Mass Maritime, I think we did Mass Maritime as well, yeah. we literally got back to the house and just watched it. We sat down and watched the, the full thing. Now, a couple things can happen. Alan could come to me or in, this, in this situation. He could say, Kev, I don't think that was your best performance. Um, you didn't give great examples, you didn't project your voice, you didn't seem very confident, you didn't seem very energetic, whatever. There's two ways I can take that. I can say, well, screw you, man. Like, you didn't do good, so I don't know why you're telling me I didn't do well. Like, that's that's kind of BS. right? Or I can understand that Alan is coming at me with the intention of helping. Right? He's coming at me with love. He's trying to make me a better speaker. That's the goal. We're very growth-oriented. That's the goal. Now, if I choose the first one and I say, like, screw you, man, my natural reaction is going to be an overreaction so rather than being humble and vulnerable which I want to talk about why why vulnerability actually matters right. it matters for in relationships it matters all over the place but what you staying vulnerable actually does is it keeps you in the position where you're able you're able to be humble and learn yeah, yeah. you cannot learn if you automatically sh- like puffer fish and you jump way past five you go up to 10 because what happens is you become arrogant and you stop listening. Yeah. So my 10 reaction would be like, screw you, dude. You didn't, do, you didn't give that great of a speech. I don't know why you're, why you're talking trash about mine. My staying at five would be like, okay, well, what do you think I could have done better? You know, What is a, an example of a time where I've done that? Right? If you are trying to effectively communicate and learn, the only way to do it is to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because if you're not being vulnerable... Either way, you're getting some form of the truth from the,
1: the person, but you're not taking it. Yeah, you're not using it. No, you're, you're going to say, like, oh, Alan, Alan's kind of a dick for that. And by the way, how does my speech being bad have anything to do with your speech? Right. And that's the interesting thing, right? And so I think there's, there's a couple things that I want to make everyone aware of as well in this topic. It's a pain avoidance tendency. So I wrote on the whiteboard over there, pain avoidance equals truth avoidance. Because... Pain, as David Meltzer mentioned on our last LinkedIn live, is just an indicator that something needs to change. And we ended up asking Dave openly and honestly, like, and I I think I even said, are you willing to be vulnerable? Like, where are you in pain? You know, and he, he said, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of different ways to be in pain. You can be in pain physically. You can be in pain mentally. You can be in pain emotionally. You can be in pain spiritually, or you can be in pain financially. And he said he has a lot of financial pain right now because he's transitioning Sports One Marketing over to his personal brand. And that's really hard because his Sports One Marketing business was built around live events, Oscars, right. Grammys, all that stuff. And that doesn't exist right now during COVID. So if he keeps avoiding the truth of, no, 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 like live events are still the way we're going to go and, and, and just avoiding the pain, you're not going to be able to adapt. If you have a sprained ankle and you just pretend it's fine, you're going to keep running on it the same way you you would instead of healing it and doing physical therapy or whatever it is. So this is a great analogy for why does insecurity create arrogance? What happens is we overcorrect like Kevin mentioned. Let's say you're insecure. Everyone think about the amount of money in their bank account right now. Okay? Let's say you're insecure about that number. You have two options. You can be insecure about that number... Hide it from yourself and others and pretend that you're more wealthy than you really are or that you're better than you are. Or say money doesn't matter. Or say money doesn't matter, exactly. Or you can admit the truth of like, okay, this isn't necessarily the worst thing ever, but it's not necessarily what I want in terms of my financial wealth, okay? And I'm speaking from experience right now. My bank account doesn't bother me right now. It's not like massive pain, but it's also not massive pleasure. I would love for it to be much more uh, abundant. Okay, let me be vulnerable. What do I need to do to make it more abundant? What what, is, what are the behaviors that I'm doing that are contributing to my bank account, not reflecting what I want it to reflect? And who could I learn from? Most importantly, who could I learn from to create more financial abundance? That's the power. Now, it doesn't feel good to be vulnerable and admit to yourself that you're, you know, broke or, you know, struggling. And I'm not saying I'm broke, but... The, I remember Brendan Burchard said this. The time when it's most important to open your bills is the time when you want to the least. Mm. And that's what vulnerability is. Let's just, it, that admittance factor of like, wow, I really am Jeffin. But that's the moment you open yourself up to a new book or a new tip or a new podcast. I mean, all of you out there listening right now, I bet you the first time you listened to the Hyperconscious podcast was when you were in pain. And you were like, it seems like maybe these guys might know something that I don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Um, this is the thing, and you
0: said it like you're avoiding the truth. Right. The truth is still the truth. Did my speech suck? Yes, in this situation, right? right? Did my speech suck? Yes. That now, what's going to happen is if I don't take that feedback and stay humble, the same mistake is going to happen again, over right. and over and over. And I was going to say, I think one of the reasons why having a coach. Is so important is because you're giving them the okay to tell be the truth. to tell you the truth, and since it's a coach-mentee relationship, you don't ego up because okay. you have to be humble because you know they know more than you, and you're paying them to tell you the truth, right? And that's why you like very rarely. I don't know about you, but on my coaching calls, very rarely does a a client
1: Popper ego up. Yeah, almost, almost never. Almost never yeah. Right? It almost has never. happened. But very rare.
0: Yeah. So, and I think that's the reason why. Like, if I come to you for advice and I don't get the advice I want, too bad. I didn't come, for you, come to you for the advice I want. I came to you for advice. There's a, there's a difference. Right. And it's all how you take it. Because if you don't take it the right way, you're not going to use it the right way. Yeah. You might not use it at all. You might just say, like, oh, screw Alan. He doesn't know. No, but what does Alan know that I don't? A ton. Right? And, he, and he's seen me speak more than anybody. He's seen me across the chair for 409 episodes. Hmm. Right, and you've seen me on other shows, right? So you know way more than anybody else in terms of my speaking ability. You've seen it more, so your opinion, and that's the other thing that that might be one of the reasons why it hurts because your opinion is super valuable. Taryn's opinion is super valuable. Mm. She says like I don't really think you did your best work. It's like oh my god, and again, a couple reactions. Screw you! You're you're not even a speaker. Like what do you mean? You have no idea what it's like.
1: Yeah, that's the overcorrection. That's the overcorrection. That's the arrogance.
0: Versus she could say, well, you know there was a there was a lot of women there. So I understand what, a, you know, from a woman's perspective, what she would have liked to hear a little bit better. You're right. right. I am not a woman and I don't, I don't know the perspective, the perspective of a woman. Right. right. So there's something to learn everywhere for sure.
1: Her only goal too is to help you. And that's the thing. Right. Like, and I, I say this often, when you're giving someone feedback, your goal is not for that. Like, let's say I were to tell you feedback about a speech. Like we, we redid Cultivating Confidence last week for the Mastermind. Mm-hmm. And my only goal was to raise, help raise your awareness to what I believe, and maybe you'll decide to change something. That doesn't mean you have to. Like, if you like it, you like it. But just, I think, I honestly think you can't really grow if you're arrogant. Which is actually, and and by the way, the reason you're arrogant is because deep, 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 deep down, you're actually insecure. You're afraid to get hurt. You're afraid you don't know. And you're afraid to be exposed.
0: And the truth is, you don't know, probably. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're at a five, you know that you don't know, but you also know that you can ask, you can ask somebody who knows. And you can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's the... I think people overcorrect naturally on everything. Right? So if you, um, if you get out of a bad relationship, you're going to say, screw relationships. Right. If, if you've been wronged by a, a male, you're going to say, screw guys, guys suck. If you've been wronged by a female, you're going to say, oh, they're untrustworthy and they cheat, blah, blah, blah. Overcorrection, overcorrection, overcorrection. Right. Versus saying like, oh, well, what actually happened? What's the actual truth of what happened? Oh, I was cheated on. Okay. Right? Okay. I was cheated on. What does that mean? This one person did me wrong. That's all it means. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean all men are bad. It doesn't mean all women are bad. It doesn't mean any of that. What it means is something happened, and now you have some
1: information to work with. Right. Another thing that I have written down over there is blind spots and standards. So here's what I would say as well. See this mug? Did I show this mug? I think you showed the mug. I don't know if it was in one of the outtakes that we did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin has a new mug. It's green. It's beautiful. From Vermont. From Vermont. So blind spots and standards. I asked Emilia yesterday. I said, where from your perspective do you think I have an inflated view of self? And it was actually really kind of nice that it took her a while to come up with something because I honestly thought there was going to be a few, a oh, yeah. few quick yeah. things like, oh, here, 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 and here, right? Uh, but just, during, just these seven. Just 57. these seven. Yeah, and by the way, it pulls out a note. Imagine <laughs> that, like a list, like a mile long. Um, but she ended up coming up with one thing, and, and there was this one thing that I tried to communicate about you know how to design a world-class life and the way in which I communicated it. She was watching a peak performance training that I gave not long ago, and she said that there was mostly women in the room. And again, from the female perspective, there's this one thing that doesn't resonate. And she raised my awareness. And then today, she texted me this morning about um, all these other examples that I could use to communicate more effectively. Well, we'll see tonight. Yeah, we will. Well, you guys will see Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yeah. So, again, where are your blind spots if I, and I can't even tell you how many times I've asked Kev, like, what am I unaware of? Like, where do you think, I remember I asked you this, where am I puffer fishing or where am I, where do I have an inflated view of self? And you said fitness. And it's always helped me. Now, the last thing that I'll say here, and I wrote this on the whiteboard, get around people's whose example prove what's real. So let me give you an example. Let's say I am on my end of drive to five and I think that I'm really, really strong and I'm getting stronger. Let's say I go to the gym with Kevin. Kevin's a lot stronger than me. It's going to wake me up. Here's what I will tell you. Your environment will either keep you in the dark or wake you up. By their example, Kevin's not going to say, hey man, you're weak and I'm strong. That's a toxic person. But if I go to the gym with Kevin, I might draw my own conclusion that Kevin is strong and I'm weak. That's okay, because guess what? I have self-belief, and now I can learn from Kevin on how to get stronger. Being in the gym with him might be painful, but it will definitely get me stronger. And this is an analogy for everything. If you think you're a good speaker, go to a Brendan Burchard event. I did that. If you think you're a bad speaker, realize that maybe Brendan Burchard's been speaking for 15 years, and you're on your first speech. Right. So I think the truth is being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to be a student, understanding where your blind spots are, and and having a high standard for yourself when it comes to being at five. And notice what you're saying. So I
0: I love the I, anytime we talk about me, I'm pretty happy about it. And just in general, especially in <laughs> the gym. Um but so exact. so say Alan and I go to the gym and Alan says sees me lifting more weight than him. He has the same reaction. He can overcorrect very easily and say a couple things. Well Kevin's been lifting a lot longer than I have. True. Yeah. Kevin's on steroids. Not true, but a lot I've gotten that my entire life. Right now, notice not only what you're saying, but how you're saying it. If you're down on yourself, if you're on the low end of drive to five, you come to the gym with me, I'm lifting way more weight than you, I want you to say, well, Kevin's been lifting a lot longer. But I want you to say it like that. That's why it's okay that I'm not as strong as Kevin. Right. Kevin's been lifting but a lot longer. But I can get as strong. Exactly. And I can yeah from Kevin. Yeah. Well, it must be nice. He's probably just super talented at speaking. Or... He's been speaking for 20-something years. Of course, he's, right. of course he's the best in the world. He's also the author of High Performance Habits, so his habits are on point, too. Right. You're capable of that, too. So if you notice yourself jumping... I used to do that all the time. Must be nice. Like, I'd see a nice car. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah it probably is very nice, but they also probably work super hard for that. Right? right? So I'm as guilty of this as, as anybody. Watch your overcorrections. I always know what I'm doing. I did it recently on the team call. Alan brought something up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was literally like... <laughs> No, <laughs> it's the worst idea I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, just for no reason. Now the backstory: Alan was a little late, but yeah. he was giving a peak performance training. I didn't know that. I just thought he was Jeffin, and then he came in and kind of stole my thunder a little bit. <laughs> so huh. I overcorrected. Yeah, that's what I did. I, I and I know what I'm doing because I start making stupid things that don't even make sense. <laughs> like, no, man, I don't have time to add something to the list. <laughs> the but that's but I know myself. That's hyperconsciousness, yeah. right. right? I know when I get insecure. I know when I'm overcorrecting. Yeah. 'Cause I, I I'm thinking to myself, like, what am I why am I still fighting this battle? This isn't even a battle I want to win. It's not <laughs> there is no winner. Even a battle I want to win. Are there no are winners no winners. And losers. Yeah. But so know that about yourself. Yeah. When do you overcorrect? Is is it when your partner gives you some sort of criticism? Okay? Is it when your boss gives you some sort of criticism? Your child, your parent, if you're younger, mm. right? Like who who creates well, you create it. Who is triggering that overreaction? Figure that out. Because it, once you figure it out, then you can start to dial it back. And you can say like, okay, normally under this circumstance, I'm unresourceful. So my natural reaction is to overcorrect. Mm. How can I not do that? Maybe let me try to land a little bit more in the middle. Right? And the other thing, like Alan said, if the people in your life are trying to help you, you're going to be missing out. Like if, you're, if you and I are mentoring somebody and they say, hit me with the truth. Number one, we love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. But if I hit you with the truth and you tell me I'm, I'm dumb, or like, oh, that's not true? Okay. Like,
1: I'm probably going to be far less likely to give you the truth again. Because I don't, I don't know that you can handle it. Right. Remember when we had Chris Harder on, which we might have him on again? Yes. And I, I said my financial pillars. And I was like, poke holes in this. Yes. And he's like, Alan, you forgot about growing your income? <laughs> I literally said, have an emergency fund. Spend less than you earn. Invest the difference. Reinvest the earnings for compounded growth. You know, all that different stuff. And he's like, what about making more money, man? And it was just like, okay, is that painful? Yes, but I asked for the truth because I want to be more effective. I did, I you know, I asked David Meltzer all the time like can you poke holes in this philosophy? Because I want to get better. You can either get better or avoid the truth and you can't I have up on the board see it as it is, but not worse than it is. That's kind of what you just described if someone went to the gym with you, right? See it as it is, but not worse than it is. Okay, you go to the gym with Kevin, he's stronger. See it as it is. He's been lifting longer. Yes. Okay. I should be stronger. But but right exactly but that doesn't mean that i can't get stronger see it better than it is i can get as strong as kevin one day You're oh. stronger than kevin exactly okay number three figure out how to make it the way you see it so number one see it as it is but not worse than it is see it better than it is have a vision i can be like kevin too or stronger which i will no, i'm just kidding <laughs> one day <laughs> number three figure out how to make it the way you see it and I remember I make the I make the most progress once I get humbled and I stay humble and I and I ask for feedback. I'm actually going to do that more often. Like I want to know what's my blind spots. What am I missing from your perspective? And when you ask, by the way, you're not being attacked. You asked, right? So make at, sure you're that, in a good spot when you ask. Oh yeah. Like when you know when you do your check-ins, make sure you're in a good spot. Because, or try to be anyways. Yeah. But sometimes you got to check in when you're not in a good spot. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you You. What did you get? Threes? I pulled threes. You man. pulled threes, I pulled man. I'm, threes. Scared of anything. I'm not scared of anything. Kevin said it's a lot like...
0: It's like uh, falling off a building, but on the way down, people are like shooting you with a paintball gun. <laughs> like, you already know you're going to probably get hurt pretty bad or die, and they're like, well... Going to inflict some pain for the journey as well. <laughs> that's pretty again, good analogy. It's that's analogy. Analogy. <laughs> that's multiple analogies. <laughs> that's what we signed up for. That's that's what we signed up for when we said we're going to do these check-ins. Yeah. And honestly, we've been jeffing them a little bit. We haven't been doing them as consistently. Oh no. We still do the nightly. Did you feel loved? Did you feel listened to? Did you feel appreciated? Did you feel supported? Did you feel romanced? Uh, what do you need from me? But we haven't been doing the Sunday ones because we're jeffing. Because you're jeffing? Because we wait too long. Well, that's the. Tr- what's the truth of why? Why are you jeffing? We wait too long. We don't make it enough of a priority. It's a, it's a pre bed thing instead of like, hey, let's do this at you know four in the afternoon so we have time, right? Yeah, so I take credit for that. So this my my as always, I have a challenge, a takeaway. I want you guys to get crystal clear on where you think you're overreacting, um, why you're doing it, and try, and again, this is difficult. and This takes time, but the goal. And what I think full hyper-consciousness is is being present enough to know what's happening in the moment but being able to shift it. Right. Like knowing, oh, I know what I'm doing here. This is what's happening. How do I shift it? Because I already shifted from where I was to where I am. How
1: do I shift back? That's possible. So that's my that's my challenge. My challenge would be what are your insecurities? You know, what are, what are you... Oh, wow, that thing's loud. Timer, timer went off, folks. So... Matthew McConaughey talks about this. He says, don't get all macho. Like, there's those t-shirts, no fear or whatever. And he says, no, fear is a good thing. He's like, I was afraid before I came to this speech today. He was given a commencement. And I like to look my fears in the face. I'm doing a, with Kevin, a peak performance training tonight. And one of them is looking your Jeffings in the eye. And I think that you can either feel good or be good. And I know that that sounds a little hardcore. Here's what I mean. Sometimes it doesn't feel good to acknowledge the truth, but you can't get better until you do. So, sometimes it's more important on the micro to take the feedback and the pain, but you'll actually do something valuable with it, like change your behavior or change your perception. So, um, I would just say, what are you insecure about? What are your fears? And now they won't control you. Because you can spend your whole life, like Jim Carrey says, you can spend your whole life imagining ghosts and running from your fears, or you can live in abundance and love. And it's like, the only way to overcome fear is to first acknowledge it is one.
0: Mm. You know? If you're, one of your big fears is getting that podcast rolling. Oh, strong work. Not bad. Not a bad segue. Yeah. Uh, I am offering free 30-minute consultations to anybody and everybody. My goal is just to add as much value as I can. Guys, we've done 400 and... After today, we'll be at... Well, we're recording our episodes. So this is 409. We've done 409. I've also done close to 100 podcast episodes for my clients, so I'm right around 500. It's been an amazing journey. Mm-hmm. Podcasting has probably changed my life more than anything. If you have a story to tell, if you have a mission, if you want to impact others, if you want to spread your knowledge and expertise, a podcast is a great way to do that, and if you're afraid, I will show
1: you the way and help you. Yeah, I've seen you help people this whole journey. You've helped so many people I love start it. their shows. Man. I love it. It's unreal. I love it. Uh, including the Y Power podcast with B and Emilia. Free cred. Yeah. So if you're out there right now and you want to scale your impact online, here's what I'll tell you. The truth of the matter is, and you you can ask yourself this question, what is the most valuable part of the future? And I think I have the answer. It's digital real estate. If you go where people's attention are, that's where the economy is. There's a reason Amazon's the most successful company in the world. It's because they make it easy to purchase online. E-commerce, believe it or not, is in its infancy. This is the very beginning. So you're going to have to learn how to scale your impact online if you want to succeed in the future. Peak performance. Let me help you design a life that's world class based on what I know is coming in the future. Also, every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Standard Time, we are here teaching mastermind you mastermind fire <laughs> <I forgot>. knowledge <laughs> knowledge wisdom experience no but seriously it's a great networking opportunity we have people put their instagram handles in the chat we'll remember to do that tonight as well yes and there's also questionnaires that we send people after these masterminds that are absolute fire manifestation we're doing peak performance tonight we've done all kinds of cool we, cool stuff we also have featured guests every month uh the next one might be isabella picard ah, possible okay possible Uh, for week 18. Don't miss those. Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Reach out to myself, Kevin, Amy, or Tiff on the gram. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Just about done. Uh, Masterminds. (laughs) Change (laughs) less. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, we we (laughs) hope you enjoyed this. Again, my challenge is to figure out where you're overcorrecting, where you're overreacting, and then try to nip that in the bud. I believe that is a term. We hope you enjoyed this, and we will talk to you on Sunday Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, it would mean the world to us if you
1: would share this with your friends. And if you have any questions, please reach out to Kevin or myself. Our contact information is in the show notes and we can't wait to hear from you. Guys, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. So if
0: you would kindly leave us a review on iTunes, that would help us make more people hyper-conscious.